Welcome to Locked On Grizzlies Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mark King. For this show, wanted to hop on and do a quick schedule release uh, show. From the Grizzlies schedule came out last Friday evening, and since then we have time to take a look at the schedule, take a look at every game on the schedule, and for the second time this year, do a game-by-game preview of the schedule and what I think will happen for the Grizzlies coming up in this very shortened eight-game regular season before the playoffs in Orlando coming up at the end of the month. But more importantly, I'm just excited. I'm excited that we see basketball games that are scheduled. I mean, they had dates, they had times, they had TV networks, they had all of it, and that makes me happy. I know that makes a lot of you guys happy in terms of having something to look forward to, an exact date, an exact time. We know when the Grizzlies are going to tip off, when they are going to play games, and the first one is coming up on July 31st. So just a little over a month away, and the NBA will be back, hopefully. Again, I've said on this show, I've been pessimistic on the idea that the NBA will come back. Uh, so before we get to the schedule, I want to just give some overall thoughts on the NBA and what is happening in terms of this eight-game regular season. First of all, I think that a lot of these teams that are in the top one through five, maybe even one through six in each conference, so you're talking about the Lakers, you're talking about the Bucks, you're talking about the Jazz, a lot of these teams that, uh, the Rockets, a lot of these teams that are already in the playoffs, there's no reason for them to play. Uh, their main players. I want to get that. I think that's first and foremost, beyond a few games of warm-up, beyond a few games of getting everybody back in shape and on the same page, much like you see in a preseason, I think that you'll see some of these first games uh, have LeBron James in it, have James Harden in it, have a lot of things that you would normally see in an NBA game. But as the schedule goes along, those eight games goes along, I think the less and less people will be in those games that, that matter, less and less rotations. I think that a lot of these teams, more importantly, are going to be trying to limit injury risk because of there's only eight games. There's not really, again, there's a lot of teams that have nothing to play for. There's zero reason for if, if let's just, for example, if LeBron, LeBron James has been working out constantly, is in great shape, has been playing pick games, all these things, there is very little incentive for the Lakers to roll LeBron James out there. There is very little incentive for them to put him on the court. In fact, and for fear that he might injure himself until they get to the postseason, the actual real postseason. So I want to make that a pretty big caveat. I think that you'll see a lot of teams that will have second second teams out there, a lot of preseason kind of things going on. So beyond maybe the first couple of games, I think that a lot of these teams don't have a whole lot to play for. There's very little incentive for them to put those star players out on the court, which would make a very big difference for a lot of these games. So I think there's very little incentive for them to have a potential injury risk um, that will be happening in that eight-game regular season. So that, that I think that's a big deal. The other thing is that we just don't know what happened with what will happen with with COVID-19. We don't know what will happen with players getting out there. Uh, and staying in the bubble. Will they stay in the bubble? Will people get sick? Uh, the NBA said that, you know, if one player gets sick, they are going to just keep moving. Um, but it's it's very still, nothing's been said, though. Once we get to that situation of what player is it? You know, what, what player is it that gets sick? Is it LeBron James? Is it James Harden? Is it Giannis? If those guys get sick, is it different for people than, like, Grayson Allen? Is that different? I think it probably is different, and it 
Grant, quite frankly, should be different because LeBron James means more to his team than Grayson Allen does to his team. So uh, that's no knock on Grayson Allen. That's just what it is. So I think there's still a lot to be said in terms of what will happen with COVID-19 infections, if the teams will keep playing, if role players get uh, sick and have to sit out for two weeks. There's just so many variables and so many unknowns. We just don't know what will happen for this eight-game regular season when it gets there. So we still have a long way to go. There were 16 positive tests and over 300 uh, tests that were done uh, over the last week for the NBA, which is quite frankly smaller than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a lot more than that. But there is still a long way to go till we get to Orlando. When they actually test and say, okay, now you're good to enter the bubble, all those type of things, uh, the players are supposed to report, I believe, on July 11th. So still a long way to go. So a lot of variables and variants that can happen between now and July 31st, excuse me, when the Grizzlies get ready to play their first game. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back and we will start on the first four games of the Grizzlies regular season. I want to make sure you guys remind you about some of the awesome sponsors we have on this show that makes Locked on Grizzlies go round. Blinkist is a really unique a really cool app. It's one of the most, most useful apps that I have on my phone. It's It works on my phone, tablet, web browser. It works everywhere. It, Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. I love Blinkets because it's super easy, super useful in the car. It's only 15 minutes to get all the information I need to know out of that book. So it's super easy, and I listen to it when I'm driving around in the car. It's just like a podcast. In Memphis, where there's not a, there's not a whole lot of drive time for everybody. It's usually you know 20 minutes max is where you're going to and from work. And so it's, it's super useful to get into that particular drive time when you're going around this city to get your books in with Blinkist. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audiences. Go to Blinkist.com slash MBA. Try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash MBA to start your free seven-day trial. There's really no reason not to do it. It's free. It doesn't matter. You can delete it. It, it, it doesn't matter. Just go do it because it, it's super easy and there's zero reason not to do it. And on top of that, if you do sign up, you're also going to save 25, 25% off when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Welcome back to the show. Let's get into the meat of the schedule. The first schedule or the first game on the schedule is July 31st against the Portland Trailblazers. I think this is a winnable game. First of all, I think this is a game that is going to be uh, it's going to be more difficult than I think people realize. I think that uh, one good thing about the Grizzlies is they have some people that can slow down uh, Dame, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. We got uh, Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton. Those guys can really slow those down. So if I think that the key for them is slowing those two guys down. Obviously, their guards are huge for their team. They're very good. They don't. They're not going to have Trevor Reza. So I don't think that's gonna I don't think it's gonna hurt that much, but I think it will be a significant impact to the Trailblazers. It will be helpful for the Grizzlies. Uh, they're gonna get Yusuf Nurkic back and Zach Collins, who hasn't they haven't played since last October, so it's been a while for those guys. So uh, first game back, does the Portland Trailblazers have some uh, issues in terms of being on the same page? 
Uh, that could be a potential uh, storyline there. It's the first game back in a long time for some of those guys that have not played since last year. Uh, missing Trevor Reza. Uh, again, so this is going to this is going to be a game that hinges largely on Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. What can Tyus, or excuse me, what can Ja Morant do in that areas as well? Can he exploit those guys uh, in the in the guard lineup for the Grizzlies? Uh, I think this is going to be a tough game, but I think it is a winnable game for the Grizzlies. I think uh, it is probably like, I think it's more winnable for the Grizzlies than not. So uh, I think it's just something that you have to take into account in terms of all the things that are happening for the Portland Trailblazers. A lot of these guys are going to be coming back. There's a lot of things that are happening that are not consistent with what they've been doing all year. So that's something to take note for that first game. I think it can be a winnable game for the Grizzlies. The next game is going to be on August 2nd, San Antonio Spurs. Uh, most recently, San Antonio Spurs are going to be without LaMarcus Aldridge, which is a huge, huge blow for them because he generates a lot of points. And quite frankly, it's just a guy that the Grizzlies have had trouble with over the past few years. It just He does not, or the Grizzlies do not match up well. Uh, he had trouble, you know, uh, Jonas Valanciunas had a lot of trouble with LaMarcus Aldridge. The Bigs had trouble with LaMarcus Aldridge because he's just so athletic. He's, he's more athletic. He can do a lot of things that the uh, that Jonas has trouble guarding. So this is a, a game I think is going to be a toss-up. I think it's a game that, um, that the Grizzlies could win, but at the same time, I just don't know how exactly what's going to happen with the Spurs without LaMarcus Aldridge, what they're going to do to be able to uh, combat the lock, lack of offense or lack of points you're going to you're going to have to make up without, without him being there. So I think this is probably a toss-up in terms of what the Grizzlies can do because it's the Spurs. Like You just never really count those guys out because they're always seemingly just around everywhere. And so, again, you just never really count those guys out. I don't really know what to make of the Spurs other than this is Spurs, you know, just, I, I just don't know what to do, uh, whenever you, whenever you get to them. So I think it's a toss up for those guys, but I mean, it's winnable, but I think if we, the Grizzlies lost it, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't shock me. Like if the Grizzlies went, you know, one and one in this game against a Portland and, and San Antonio, and they won against the San Antonio Spurs and lost against this against the Portland Trailblazers or vice versa, it would not shock me at all in the slightest. The next game for the Grizzlies is a big game, August 3rd against the New Orleans Pelicans. This is a big game for the Grizzlies because it's a tough matchup. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. I know we talk a lot of crap about the, the Pelicans. We do a lot of different things, just teasing back and forth on Twitter. But the, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans had the Grizzlies number both times this year. Um, and so it is a, not a great matchup for the Grizzlies at all. The key is obviously stopping Zion Williamson. You know, I don't know what the Grizzlies bigs are going to be able to do, make him uh, more inefficient, uh, stop him from getting to the, the bucket, all those type of things. Like slowing down Zion Williamson is going to be difficult because the Pelicans have guys that can slow down John Rant. So it's a little bit like, well, you have your star players who has the tools to slow the other star players guys down. And the Pelicans have guys uh, Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball, who are good defenders, that can make life difficult for John ja Morant. And do the Grizzlies have someone that can make life difficult for Zion Williamson? Can Justice Winslow or Kyle Anderson um, slow Zion Williamson down? Are they big enough? Are they strong enough? Are they being able to get in front of him? Like all these things are are, are things you have to think about when you're playing the Pelicans because it is not a great matchup for the Grizzlies. Um, you know, the other thing is, is 
is Justice Winslow, can he create enough offense for you? You know, can and, and as well as be a good enough defensive player on Zion Williamson? That that's t- remains to be seen because we don't even know what Justice Winslow is going to look like just as a Grizzly, period. We don't know what he's going to look like in the first game against the Portland Trailblazers, much less the third game against the New Orleans Pelicans. So I think that's very, very... It's, it's just got a long way to go. I think it's a tough matchup. I, If I had to guess right now, I would say it's probably a loss for the Grizzlies just because I don't know if they have the right pieces to be able to slow Zion down, but that at the same time, those pieces that could be potential to slow Zion Williamson down have never really played for the Grizzlies. So that's up in the air because we don't know. We just don't know what that's going to look like. And until we do, it's hard to say what will happen. So you have to kind of go based off the information that we've had in the past. And the information we've had in the past is that the Pelicans have been a very, very tough matchup for the Grizzlies and they have beat them both times this year. So that's that's probably a loss for the Grizzlies. But again, if you're two and one, if you if you go two and one uh after winning the Pelic or excuse me, winning against the Portland Trailblazers and the San, San Antonio Spurs, you go two and one now you lose to the Pelicans, you're still in a great spot. Like the Grizzlies just have to maintain their lead. Just to, you know, like to put it in a play-in scenario, they just gotta maintain. So they don't have to like go and we don't have to go eight and zero. Then our Grizzlies don't have to go, you know, seven and one. They just have to maintain. They, you know, four and four is doable. I mean, they could even have uh, a three and five scenario and probably still be in a good spot depending on what happens with around, you know, the other other games and other teams around the league. So just keep that as a reminder. So we're talking about wins and losses. The Grizzlies don't necessarily have to have to just. Go eight no that to 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 make the playoffs. That's not what has to happen. They just gotta maintain, even just to get to that play-in game. But if they go two and one, you're talking about a lot of uh, scenarios where uh, they're probably on the better side of things than they would be. So uh, I think that's just something to remember as we go and talk about more wins and losses. And that is to know that's a back-to-back game for the Grizzlies, August second and August third, and most of the games I believe are in the early afternoon. Uh, let's fast forward to the fourth game on the schedule, August 5th, the Utah Jazz. And this is a, a team that I think is going to be, um, I think it's an easier game than, than it looks like. I think it's an easier game than most people give it credit for. Um, they're not going to have Bogdan, uh, Bogdanovich. He's, he has been, you know, he's now injured, so he's not going to be there. Uh, that was a lot of the Jazz's shooting, like on their perimeter, something that the Grizzlies really, really struggled with. Obviously, they should go perimeter defense a lot, but that's something they really struggled with, that Bogdanovich is shooting. Uh, but he's not going to be there. Rudy Gobert still apparently is recovering from COVID. Like, if you just saw the news, I guess, yesterday, maybe yesterday, two days ago, that he still is having trouble uh, smelling after three months of having COVID, which, by the way, just gives you any indication of how real this situation is. So, Pause for a real quick PSA, wear your mask, please, so that we can have basketball. You want basketball, wear your mask, especially you, all you people that listen to this show that live in Florida. I don't know how many people there are, but if you are in Florida, wear your damn mask. Anyway, Rudy Gobert still recovering from COVID, so I don't know. There's no telling what he will be like in terms of uh, shape. Uh, you know, We all know that COVID really attacks your lungs quite uh, aggressively, so you know the long-term health effects for people that have COVID-19 like Rudy Gobert and play a game that is takes a lot of energy. Um, I just don't know what will happen if if he's still not being recovered. So it's a good chance that Rudy Gobert doesn't even play. 
if Rudy Gobert is still exhibiting and still having trouble running or breathing or any of those type of things, and which I don't wish upon him at all, like let's be real clear, I hope that doesn't happen. But if it's it's again to be realistic about the situation, and if it does happen, you know there's a good chance that Rudy Gobert doesn't even play in this game. And without Rudy Gobert, without the shooting they have from Bogdanovich to take pressure off uh, the other players, like that's just that's a tough game for the Jazz. So I think personally. I think this is a more winnable game than most people probably look and they see the Jazz on the schedule and just know what they've done this year. They probably just write it off. I don't think that's true at all. I think the Jazz is going to be a much, much easier game than most people give their most people give it credit for just on the surface if all those things are going to be happening at the same time uh, for the Jazz. Again, so there's a good chance that um, there's a good chance that that the Grizzlies win this game as well. I think it's probably at the end of the day a toss-up, but it is a better chance that I think most people give it credit for. Let's take another quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the rest of the games on the Grizzly schedule. We told you about Built Bar before, but I'm going to keep telling you about Built Bar because they're an amazing sponsor for this show. They're an amazing, uh, absolutely amazing uh, bar for if you're a healthy person, but not if not only if you're a healthy person, just because they taste delicious. I mean, they literally taste like a candy bar. You guys know I've been trying to run lately. I've been having these after most of my runs, and so they've been really, really helpful for me to have a, a good quality snack, good quality recovery, but also because they taste really, really good. So sometimes I have to catch myself not to get more than one because I got to save them, but they're 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're also great for health-conscious people, like I mentioned there. You can lose or may even maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. And just use promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Let's get back to the show. The Grizzlies, the last four games on their schedule. The Oklahoma City Thunder is a team that was on a roll this year. I did not think they would do that at all. I think a lot of people had the Oklahoma City Thunder as a team that would not be good this year, but they have been quite good this year. And so um, I think I'd say this is probably an easy loss for the Grizzlies. Of all the all the of all the games that the Grizzlies have had so far on this schedule, this is a game that I think that is one of you could look and say, okay, I think that's more that's a, that's a loss, and it's hard to come up with a lot of a lot of things that um, that you look at and say, okay. You could do this here. Like, you know, in the Jazz, we look at it and say, okay, well, you know, Bogdan- Bogdanovich is not there. He can't score. It's going to put more pressure on the other players to score, like Mike Conley, who has not been playing well at all this year. Um, you know, the Portland Trailblazers, there's different, you know, they have people missing, people coming back. There's a lot of factors that go into that. Uh, but for the Thunder, they were, they were literally rolling right along uh, before the Grizz, or before the team, or excuse me, before the NBA halted. So this is a team that, if they continue to do what they were doing, if they continue to uh, play how they were playing, I think it is difficult for the Grizzlies to win this game. I think that is a team that uh, could probably uh, be very, very difficult to stop in terms of what they were doing before, uh, you know, before the break. Now, the the flip side of that, if you want to play devil's advocate, and the flip the flip side of that as well, you know, it's a, it's a team that has had a long break and just like a lot of other teams, they're going to be getting back, back into it 
and they're going to be learning this, that, and the other about each other. They're going to be getting back in shape. All those things that we're going to say, you can say about any and every team, including the Grizzlies, that this has been a long break for everybody and something that's not normal. This is just not normal and it's never happened. So you could say that about the Grizzlies. You could say that about the Thunder. And so I think you can say that to anybody, but at the same time, everybody is dealing with that same thing. So if you say that about the Thunder... You can't not say that about the Grizzlies. Like, you could say, oh, the Thunder, they were playing great before the break, but, you know, they, it's been a long break, and they might have trouble getting used to one another, all this, that, and the other. Well, it goes the same way for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were playing okay-ish before the break. I believe they were four and six in their last ten before the break. And, you know, maybe that continues. Maybe it doesn't. So you you can't say that about one team without acknowledging about the other as well. So, I think that's a that's a tough one. So the next three games, we'll talk about a kind of a group because I think they all have uh, the last three games. They all have it's kind of the same scenario. The last three games on the schedule are the Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics, and the Milwaukee Bucks, all top Eastern Conference teams. And we talked about this a little bit in the beginning of the show that a lot of these teams, a lot of these guys, they have no reason to play. They have no reason to play their big players, their star players, Jason Tatum. They don't have no reason to play Giannis. They don't have no reason to play a lot of those guys in the last part of their schedule because they already have it sewed up. They already have spots in the in the in the playoffs sewed up. So I think that these last three games are a sneakily good thing for the Grizzlies because you're getting teams at the end of these quote unquote eight game schedule who already have, you know, they could go zero and eight and still would make it to the playoffs. There's, there's nothing that they're going to be able to do. That's going to change that for some, for these teams. So you're getting Easter conference teams who have literally nothing to play for other than getting guys back on track and getting guys back in a little bit of shape. So I think you're going to, they'll, they'll do that on the front end and not the back end. So I think they would do that on the first four five games of the schedule and the last few games of the schedule, they're going to say, they're going to back it off and say, let's rest just like you would see at the end of the season. Let's rest Kimball Walker. Let's rest Jason Tatum. Let's rest all those guys on those teams so that we have them fresh for the first round of the playoffs. So I think you're going to see that for the Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics, and the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to play their third string or you know their 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 guys that are ninth through 15 on their bench. I just don't think that's going to happen. But I do think they're going to play a lot of their stars less. It will not mean as much to them as it does to the Grizzlies. And so I think the Grizzlies have got super. Super lucky getting these three teams on the back end of the schedule in a situation where it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if they play or not play or uh, play 10 minutes or play 20 minutes. It doesn't matter for them. It matters for the Grizzlies to be able to get those wins. So I think these games are easily, you can go two in one of these games. I think that there people will look at those games and immediately say those are tough games. But given the situation that it's in, given the situation that happens in the last part of that quote-unquote regular season of these eight games, that will change things dramatically in terms of what the Grizzlies are able to do against teams that are, that don't have a lot to play for. Just imagine it like the end of the regular season because it happens all the time. We were talking about these same games at the end of the regular season against the Rockets, against some of these same teams, and it didn't matter then because we thought, hey, those look like hard games, 
but the Rockets are going to have it locked up, and there's going to be no reason to play James Harden because they don't want him to get hurt the last game, playing against Memphis in the last, one of the last games of the season because it doesn't matter. Same thing here. Do you really want Giannis playing in the last game of a regular season against the Memphis Grizzlies who are fighting for a playoff spot and you're not just in hopes to get another W that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of, grand scheme of things at all? Because the TV contracts, which is why we're playing these eight games, the TV contracts, TV contracts don't say why you if you need to win or a loss for the Bucks. They just said they got to have it. That's all the TV contracts say. They got to have a game. And so for the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Raptors, those games don't the, the wins and the W's and the L's don't mean anything for them. It only means something for the Grizzlies. The TV contracts don't necessitate what it, what matters, what happens if it's a W or L. All it necessitates is that there is a game for them to sell ads against. That's it. And so I think that's something to keep in mind those last games of the season. So I think the Grizzlies have a really good shot at going 6-2 and two in this in this uh, eight-game regular season. I think there's some games, obviously, that they'll win. They didn't think they'll win. There's some games in that they'll lose that they didn't think they were going to lose, just like the regular season. But I think the most likely scenario is they probably go 5-3, and 4-4, four and four, you know, right, right above 500. I But I think they have a really... Really good shot at six and two, but if I had to put money on it, if I'm a betting person, I'm telling I'm going to say five and three just to hedge my bets. I'll say five and three, but I think they got a good shot to go on six and two. And even if they go on three and five, again, like I said uh, earlier in the earlier in the podcast, if they go three and five, I still don't think it matters. Don't think it matters at all. And I think they probably still make the playing game and still have a shot to beat that one team once. But if they go for five and three, there's a chance they don't they don't play that playing game at all. They go six and two. They probably really don't play that playing game at all, and they're you know they're, there's there's plenty of space between them and most likely the Pelicans to not even have to do that. So that's the that's my take on the Grizzlies' schedule. I think they got a really 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 good break, and I think it's going to be great for them to be able to uh, take some of those teams on that. Again, they, they had to play the Pelicans twice in the regular season. Now they don't. They only have to play them once. You get the you get the uh, Eastern Conference teams at the back end of the schedule when like, the most likely it's not going to matter for them. So I think they caught a very very big break in terms of what the schedule was the rest of the year and now what it actually is the rest of the year. So make sure you go subscribe to the podcast or whatever podcast platform you choose. We'll be back the rest of this week with more episodes.